So I have I have another group like right over my shoulder. So when I'm not talking, I'm gonna move so that uh, we're not picking stuff up. And um, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, welcome everybody. And uh, I'll start us off with a prayer and kind of tell everybody how we're doing. So this is uh, Tatiana, Ronnie, and Daniel. We have uh, Steven on the phone. And he will also be sharing, but you're gonna hear him through Daniel's uh, Square. And this is a panel discussion on ending college and starting life after college as a strong spiritual disciple. So uh, the way we're gonna do it is I'm gonna give each of the panelists some time to just kind of share their perspective on life, maybe some thoughts, uh, they can share some scriptures, do whatever they want uh, for a few minutes each. And then um, if you have a question that you would like us to discuss, please let me know in the chat or write it out and we'll address those in a Q&A afterwards. If you are willing, I would love it if you would let me know in the chat and I can actually bring you up on the screen to ask your question face to face. So uh, that's how we're gonna try to run this. If no one has any questions, I will just make them up and ask them on your behalf. Michael Michaud is here, sweet. So uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say a prayer and then we will get started, all right? Uh, let us pray. Um, God, thank you so much for everybody that's here this evening. I'm just grateful for everyone's participation in this over uh, yesterday and today. I know we've had our challenges, but um, it seems funny that that's uh, the idea of testing is what we're, what we're going on here. And I just pray that we can um, see our college years as a preparation for what you really want us to do later on in life, that, that our spiritual life doesn't end when we graduate, but it's, uh, in some ways it's really just beginning. And I pray that we can learn from the wisdom here on the, on the panel and we can really set ourselves up for great spiritual victory for the rest of our lives. So we thank you for Jesus, and we love you, and we pray this all in his name. Amen. All right, so we're going to start with Stephen. Uh, Stephen Bumpus, he's going to share a little wisdom about uh, finishing college. Well, go for it, Stephen. Can you hear me? All right, how about now? Better, yep. yep you're good now, Stephen. Great. Uh, Stephen Bumpus, I'm representing the Iowa State Campus Ministry. I just graduated recently in May, and I started working in the fall a few weeks ago. Um, my transition to YoPro after college life is probably much different than that experienced by the rest of the people on this panel. Um, I'm not on staff, I'm not still involved in campus ministry. Actually, at this very moment, I'm on a camping trip with a bunch of Yopros in the middle of Michigan. That's why I can't be on the visual call with you guys. So there's a lot to look forward to after campus ministry. Uh, transitioning to campus ministry, transitioning out of campus ministry to the Yopros is much like going from high school to college. You have a lot more responsibility and you have a lot more freedom. And much like campus ministry, it's not, there's not a lot of oversight. People aren't going to be holding your hands through it all. 
uh, in my experience, probably one of the biggest challenges that people face when going from campus to GoPros and working a full-time job, trying to remain connected is probably one of the biggest struggles. If the week's being as it is, you don't often get to see people. For me, I don't live with any of their disciples. So I go five, six days, especially during COVID times, of not being able to see any other disciples at all. And I have to make sure I get my time with people as much as I can. Whether that's phone calls, prayer during the week, just making sure I see people on the weekends. It's a very active and involved process of trying to be involved in people's lives and maintaining that fellowship with believers. I think one verse that I want to leave you all with is 1 Timothy 4.12. says, do not let anyone down on you because you are young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Going to YoPros, it'll be kind of like going into college the first year. You're the youngest one. Everyone's more mature. Everyone knows more than you. And yet at the same time, that doesn't really make a difference. You can set the standard. You can set how you want the YoPros to go. You can set how your experience goes. If you want to just do the bare minimum, show up on church, there is certainly that channel for people to do. If you want to grow spiritually, if you want to flourish, if you want to help others to grow as well, that's there. It's totally within reach to be able to flourish in your time in YoPros. And for me, that's probably been the greatest thing I've seen is just the different amounts of involvement people get. If you don't show up, you won't ever have the chance to really experience ministry, YoPros. And that's often why people feel little bit more dry, a little bit slower once you get out of college because it's not as involved. I think those are probably the big things I would recommend and advise when going from college to YoPros. Sweet. That is awesome. Thank you, Skeeter. I appreciate that perspective. Um, at this time, Ronnie is going to share her perspective and give you some thoughts. And again, for those just joining us, please uh, send us a question in the chat, and we'll be moderating that afterwards. So go for it, Ronnie. Okay, awesome. Um, so just so you guys know, I'm Ronnie Singh in Madison. I uh, was part of the teen ministry there, and then I went to college in Racine area, um, went to UW Parkside. Shout out to UW Parkside. But um, I, yeah, I guess what I wanted to share with you guys today. So I've been, right after I graduated college, um, I had fully intended to start a secular career um, and had everything in line for that, had a job that I accepted. Um, and four days before I was about to start this job, I went to visit friends in Columbia, Missouri, and in only a way that God can do things. Um, ended up getting the opportunity to intern in Columbia, and so I emailed my other job and was like, hey, I'm not coming, I'm moving to Missouri. And so I've been doing ministry now for the past um, four years, but I, I remember very distinctly being on the brink of graduating and being in my last year and semester of college, and the two words that like come to mind when I think about that time are anxiety and insecurity. 
Um, maybe I'm alone there, but I think I felt a lot as I was preparing to leave the campus ministry. I felt scared about like what the next chapter was going to be. I mean, I think, you know, just to be real, people kind of talk about the singles ministry like, oh man, you don't want to join that. Or there's this like weird connotation to it. And so I, I think I felt kind of scared like, uh, what's going to happen to my spirituality if I when I go to the singles ministry or um, stuff like that? I, I felt super anxious about getting everyone's favorite question of what are you doing next year and not being able to answer them. Um, but but yeah, I think what I what I wanted to share with you guys was just a quick scripture um, in Matthew chapter six and in verse nineteen. So this is right on the heels of not to be anxious about anything. Um, but in verse 19, it says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Um, and I, I think about my, my last semester of college and, and going into uh to what I thought was going to be starting a secular career and all that. And I, um, I think there's so much of my heart that like my treasure was all in what kind of job am I going to get? Like, what kind of ministry am I going to be part of? Is it going to be cool or is it going to be lame? Um, and, and just like what everything was going to happen in the future, what was going to come about from that time. And um, I, I think my encouragement to you guys would be to, to like really stop and consider where your treasure is right now. Cause I think it's a direct reflection of where your heart's going to be. And, and those things you guys are preparing for the next step. So you have to apply to jobs. You have to get ready to, to start that next phase. You have to start, um, you know, transitioning out in whatever ways of the campus ministry that you just have to do that stuff. But, but I think really stopping to ask yourself where your heart is in all of it, because I think if your heart is truly in, uh, you know, just being fired up about your relationship with God and making that the priority, I think you're going to have a smooth transition to singles ministry. I think if your treasure right now is in just all about what kind of job you can get or what kind of ministry you're about to enter or um, the external factors, I don't think you're going to be able to enter singles ministry successfully or be radical in the way that God calls us to. And um yeah, so my encouragement to you would be to ask yourself like where your treasure is, where your heart is, and then have a real heart check with yourself. Um, but yeah, I guess I, I think to be fully invested right now for the time you have, you will never have this time back in campus ministry. Go all out, do crazy things, do stuff that doesn't make any sense because you're doing it on faith um and give everything you have don't leave anything unresolved don't leave relationships unresolved give everything you have right now and then be ready to do that in the singles ministry like be ready to not skip a beat um I, yeah there you don't have to save your radical christianity for your campus years um i have really good friends who i feel like i admire their faith even more now that they've transitioned out of campus ministry because it feels like they haven't skipped a beat um, so that would be my encouragement. My challenge to you guys is to ask yourself where your treasure in your heart is. <laughs> Thanks, Wes. Um, and, uh, and, and really have those conversations with people around you and go all out while you have time.
Man, oh my gosh, how do I follow that up? <laughs> um, hi guys, I'm Tatiana, and a lot of people know me as Tots, so I graduated from Northern Illinois University, go Huskies, uh, in 2018, no, 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 2019, um, and I went kind of into the part-time ministry, kind of was an intern doing campus stuff, um, working secularly as a preschool teacher, loving it, totally um, adored it. 2020 hit and it was a decision of, okay, do I go into the full-time ministry or do I go into my full-time secular job? And when the first of the year um, came around, I chose to do secular job. And so I went full-time, I was an admin, um, was teaching preschool also full-time. It was kind of a weird thing, but totally worked. Um, and then in March, I got asked to do full-time ministry. It's crazy how God works because I was like, oh yeah, Lord, like I want to do ministry from like this time to this time. And he was like, hey, that's actually not what you're going to do. It's actually going to be over here. And you're like, wait, what? That's, I thought we were on the same page here. And it actually was not the case. Amen though, because I love what I'm doing now. Um, so what I wanted to share with you guys um, was how to be a great light in your jobs. Um, so when I was working as a preschool teacher, everybody knew that I loved teaching, that I loved to build relationships, and that I loved to study the Bible with people. It was the conversation that I brought up all the time when people were like, oh, what are you going to do after work? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm in a Bible study. I'm super excited about it. You know, and sharing my faith became very common in my conversations. Um, now, in the secular world and teaching, it's a little bit easier to share your heart. Um, other professions, maybe not so much, maybe not so appropriate. But if people are knowing your character and the things that you're all about, they're going to know that um, being a disciple, studying the Bible with people is really important to you. Um, and so with that, I was going to share a quick story. So in March, when I got the call, like COVID had not yet hit, um, but it was definitely on the horizon. We were noticing that we were going to have to close down our center. And um, I had gotten the call from Joel Nagel here in Lansing, Michigan. And he had talked to Phil Perez, who was in DeKalb. And um, Phil talked to me and he goes, hey, Tots, I want you to really consider this job. And I was like, oh, I don't know, ministry? Like, is that really the call? Like, I thought I was waiting you know, honestly, y'all, I really thought I was waiting for a husband to go into the full-time ministry, but AO single women were out here, we're in the ministry. And I was like, hey, I was like, uh, I don't know if I'm going to do that. But I brought it up to my boss and I was like, hey, just so you know, this is not a ploy for me to get more money. I just really want to be honest with you. There is this decision that I'm going to have to think about and I want you to know about it. And she looked at me, she goes, why do you have to think about it? I know that's what you want to do. I know that's what you do. That's what you love to do. You love to study the Bible with people. And she goes, I'm sad because I know you're an awesome teacher. I'm sad because you bring so much light into our, our school, but I know that's something you want to do. And that took me as a surprise because I was like, wait, 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 I know I'm, I'm a good teacher. So why wouldn't you want to keep me? And it's not that she didn't want to keep me. It was because that she knew my character and what I was all about. Um, so I definitely wanted to encourage you guys, um, with sharing your life with people in the secular world, um, like Stephen was saying and Ronnie was saying too, and I'm sure Daniel's going to say it as well, it's a little of a lot different. It's not the same where you're just going to go up to someone and be like, hey, oh my gosh, my name is this and I'm in this campus ministry and we're having this event. You should really come by and da da da, -da and let's be friends. It's going to be like, hey, um, what are you doing after work? Oh yeah, I'm going to go uh, hang out with my ministry. And they're going to be like, <laughs> you're weird. And you're going to be like, it's actually a really great time. You should come around. And it's going to be a little funky, but if you're confident in who you are, 
um, and who God is, he'll definitely use that. So there were two scriptures um, I was going to suggest that you read and keep in mind as you're hearing these um, panelists as well. So 1 Timothy 4.16, we all know, um, saving yourself and your hearers. And then in combination with that, Matthew 5, 14 through 16, and it reads, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glory your Father, or, and give glory to your Father in heaven. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives life to everyone in the house. You are the light of the world, a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. So when you're in your secular jobs, you are that light. You might be the only person, disciple, that that person might ever meet. So whether it's you're in surgeries because you're a doctor or you're teaching in front of your students or you're an accountant and you've got all these clients or whatever your job is, whether it involves a lot of people or actually not that many, you might be the only person that's a disciple that will ever be in their life. So being a light is absurdly important. That's all I have to share. Thank you so much, Todd. Thanks, thanks, Ronnie. I was just going to uh, remind everybody that after this, we're going to so be thinking about uh, something you would like to ask. It could be specific to a person, it could be general to the whole panel, uh, even just have it in your head. Uh, but we're going to try to go off the chat. So when you're ready to ask a question, uh, either let me know in the chat or put your question in the chat, and I'll try to bring it up on screen. So. Uh, all right, Daniel, let us know where you are coming from. All right, awesome. Thanks, Ben. Uh, great job, Stephen, Ronnie, and Tots. Um, uh, super encouraged by your guys' example in, in your lives as you live out uh, post-college life. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is Daniel Bumpus. I'm a recent grad from the University of Illinois down in Champaign. Shout out to all my Champagne peeps out there. Um, and I graduated uh, middle of COVID uh, with a degree in mechanical engineering and then started a full-time job as a mechanical engineer uh, at a company called Northrop Grumman. Uh, and so I've only ever met like two of my coworkers uh, in person because COVID is awesome. Um, but for me, uh, as I was kind of going through that, that last year, uh, that senior year, I look at the, the title of this lesson as finishing college well uh, and thinking about uh, what that means for uh, like you guys and what it meant for me. And I think uh, the, the biggest part uh, that I would have to emphasize for you guys is, is don't leave college before you leave college. I think a lot of people mentally check out uh, and, and they kind of transition into Yopra mode or singles mode uh, before they even leave campus because they get like, uh, I don't know, maybe six, seven, eight weeks out there. Like if I start a Bible study now, like I'm going to be gone by the time we ever even get to salvation. So, like, what's the point of me even being in there? Uh, and so I think that's something I've witnessed in, in several people in my time in campus ministry. Uh, and, and I want to say that that is uh, so critical, is that you actually finish college well. Uh, and for me, during that time, there is there's excitement uh, to be leaving college and, and not having homework and schoolwork and going to class and all that stuff. Like, I was stoked to get out of college. Uh, but I was also kind of sad. Uh, to leave people in Champaign, uh, to leave behind so many friends and great relationships. Uh, I was a little nervous uh, to be like totally free from any of my parents' assistance uh, and to be living on my own uh, and, and kind of doing my own thing for like the very first time. Uh, I was frustrated uh, with COVID and the fact that 
my senior design project got canceled. I was frustrated that, um, you know, we didn't really have a graduation. I was frustrated that I didn't get to spend my last semester with uh, the campus ministry in Champaign. There's just, there's a lot of uh, emotion going on there for me. And, and one of the things that, that I held to uh, and that I really reflect on during that time is found in Galatians 6. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, you want to turn on over to uh, Galatians 6, uh, verses 1 through 5. Uh, and it reads, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. And I think this uh, verse is is super critical for people who are entering into that last year of life. Kind of like Ronnie talked about with the the expectations that people have, like it's very easy to look around and feel like I have to, I have to be like this person. I have to be like this person, like look at Tots and all the amazing things she's doing. Like I'm not doing those things. Um, And and, and things like that where where you're comparing yourself to to others Uh, or, or maybe uh, you feel like, man, I'm, I'm just, I'm just bearing other people's burdens right now. I'm, I'm, I'm carrying the load for this ministry. I've been doing it for the last three years. Uh, and so I think there, there's a little bit of that as well. Uh, but then the, the part that I really want to hone in on is uh, the very last part. It says, for each one should carry their own load. Uh, and I think this is, is critical for anyone leaving campus ministry because, uh, like Stephen mentioned, there's been someone in your life who's been helping you carry your spiritual load, whether that's your campus minister or the intern or or just the older people in your ministry. uh, And and they've been helping carry your load. They've been carrying each other's burdens like it talks about in verse two. Uh, But the thing that uh, I think a lot of people miss is building their own convictions and and really establishing this is what I believe, not because it's campus culture, not because, you know, this is my campus discipleship and then I'm going to, you know, go do something else. Like the, the convictions you build as you leave campus ministry will, will set you on a trajectory for the rest of your life as a disciple, which is so much longer than, than that brief time that you're in campus. Really, that, that's what campus ministry is for, is for building conviction that's going to send you uh, on a path for the rest of your life. Uh, and so uh, for, for me, when I, when I left campus, it, it was kind of like thrown into the, the wolves a little bit because I was moving to a church that I wasn't super familiar with, uh, didn't have many friends there, um, and, and really was kind of stuck with like, okay, well, I can't meet anyone because we're in COVID, and so there's no in-person services, and uh, I don't know a ton of people. I'm starting a new job. I'm going to be looking for housing, like who do I live with, and there's so many uh, uncertainties, and having those convictions uh, that you built in campus of, you know, I'm, I'm going to live with disciples, uh, and I'm going to make that a priority because it it's honestly easy to just get in your own place or, uh, you know, have coworkers who you live with or whatever, but like having the conviction, like, no, I want spiritual relationships every day of my life. Um, and, and really going into uh, things like that with that mentality. And, and I'm going to get connected to the body wherever I go. Uh, even if it's COVID, like I'm going to stay late on the zoom midweeks uh, just so I can see some faces of 50 and 60 year old people who I've never met before uh, because I want some connections. Uh, and so I think the the thing I want to, you know, kind of encourage you guys with tonight is 
you know, keep those convictions that you built in campus, keep uh, the, the habits that you had as a campus student, and don't let that be part of your campus discipleship. Let that be part of your discipleship. Uh, and so I think that's, that's really what I want to encourage you guys with today. And we'd love to hear your questions. Awesome, Daniel. Thank you. That sounds like a brother that turns his camera on in the, in the midweek Zooms. That was inspiring, bro. <laughs> um, so uh, if you, I, I wrote down some questions that uh, I would love to, to toss around to the panel, but if you guys have any questions, either write them or just let me know that you have one. And the way I'd like to do it, we're gonna try it with Karin and Jaren. If you can uh, request to, to share, then I can bring you up. Look at that. Come on, Karin. Let's see if this works. Karin's driving home. So we'll see. There we go. Can y'all hear me? Yep. And so, yeah, Jack, Jaren and I are right. So we, we each had a question. I'm wondering how, how do you go about fostering discipling relationships when they're not picked out for you? So many of us in campus have been picked out for us and now we still want to grow spiritually, but how would you guys recommend going about like looking for people or what do you say or how That's a great question, Jaren. What do you guys think? Who would like to tackle that? Steven? Yeah, I can go. That's, that's an excellent question. It's when someone doesn't kind of direct you in the, towards someone else, it's hard to know, like, okay, who should I approach? Who should I go to? And oftentimes it takes a little bit of discernment of deciding, like, who do I want to be discipling me? Who do I want to lead me spiritually in a lot of ways? It takes a lot of discernment to know who in their own walk, is mature enough to disciple someone because that's not something that really can be done, especially if it's someone you're looking for in a more mentoring role. So I would recommend just observing the people, uh, the men around you in your life, in the ministry, whether that's people who are also singles in Yopro's age, or it could be someone older. Um, I know a lot of people who go towards like the 30, 40 year old people, like younger kind of fathers role people who can really help you work as you transition to that next stage of life with that kind of wisdom awesome thank you that's great anybody else thoughts ronnie daniel anyone any have some thoughts well i was just gonna say i think I think it'd be helpful not to wait until you're out of the campus ministry to start uh, trying to make those decisions on like, who do I want to disciple me? Um, because I think, I think then you just get lost in like the busyness of starting life. So I, I think being intentional about, um, I mean, even before you leave the campus ministry from your campus minister, or if you're moving to a new situation, um, or a new city, reaching out to somebody there. But um, I think I think being really intentional about 
trying to set that up before you leave the campus ministry so you're not floundering for months on end um, before you can get something going there. Um, yeah, and I think it's going to take, a, it takes a lot of intentionality on in your part and being upfront even about like your needs and wanting to be consistent in discipling and, and all that stuff. Each church has kind of a different culture, I would say, on um, and what that looks like. But I think being upfront about, yeah, and intentional about what you need is helpful. Let me uh, add on and we'll go to Karin's question. Let me add on real quick, though. Do you, would you say that maybe we, you know, individually in our churches or whatnot, um, is it important for campus ministry to have good relationships across that divide with brothers and sisters in the singles ministry before they move into it? Yes, <laughs> I, I think so. I think that should be crucial. I think sometimes we don't do a great job at that. It's very like you're in your bubble. Um, but, but I think those relationships, yeah, help you so much as you move into different life stages. Yeah, I, I agree with Ronnie. I think uh, one thing to be wary of is kind of what I, I warned earlier is if your mindset shifts from, okay, I'm going to hang out with Yopros now when you've still got time in campus left, like, that's not the mentality to have, but building connections, like get lunch with someone in GoPros, like uh, go hang out with them occasionally, but but don't sell out uh, and, and go abandon your ministry, like finish college well, but but you can do both. Like it's not an either or, um, like there's a, there's a transition to it. So that, that'd be kind of my advice. Yeah, if I can just hop on that too, it takes a lot of relationship building whether that you're in that ministry or that church or not, I think just to kind of echo what these guys are saying, it takes um, the thought, the forethought of saying, oh, I need to be friends with somebody, you know, but reaching out way before you actually graduate. I mean, that could be like, a, oh, I think I'm going to go over here or over here, you know, in six months, at least you're building that rapport before you leave. Yeah. And I like, I appreciate what Daniel said. Um, you don't want to, like your campus minister has been investing in you for years. You don't want to bail when it's now, it's your turn to really lead and, and help the, the, the next generation. All right, Karin, go for it, man. Or is he frozen in a Michigan wasteland of a highway? I bet he is. <laughs> I bet he is. All right. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to kick him out. Yep. He's gone. Um, all right. I'm going to go to Isaiah. Isaiah Moore. If you want to, if you want to request hit share, and I will hit the plus and we're good. Hey guys. Um, so I, um, I'm a grad student at the university of Illinois at Chicago um, I'm coming, I'm approaching my last semester, which will be 18 credit hours as a, as a grad student. I've also been offered my first part-time job in my field, um, after direct a week from now, after I finish my internship. And so, so I had the tough, this, the tough call with my campus minister about, you know, hey, yeah, 
I got to start trans transitioning because now I am like work actively working in my field and I'm, you know, wrapping up, wrapping up the rest of uh, grad school. But I also let them know that I was extremely terrified. No, I don't know. Not probably not so much about like the connection building piece, but like the part about completely lead like transitioning from one thing to another thing um when i just feel like i haven't even been in campus that that long um because of when i had got baptized um but just my question would be like how do you deal with that that sense of oh, i'm i'm scared but it's happening it's happening whether whether i'm scared or not you know um, and I just really, I don't want my fear to interfere with me building connections with other YoPros in the downtown ministry. Uh, Sorry, just to read it. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. Okay, I was just gonna say, Isaiah, that's a super real question. Um, one that I think we as graduates have had to go through <laughs> um, with a lot of grace and a lot of conversations. Um, transitioning in any position is not an easy thing. We love to be in our places and our boxes, the things that make us comfortable. Um, but I think with the the transition, I mean, emotionally transitioning, transitioning while still balancing um, is really key. Um, but I think I would recommend one feeling those feels like being being okay with being not okay. Um, and then I think two is oh trying to change your mindset too like it's not a bad thing that you're nervous about this but like man like daniel was saying wow i or no 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 steven was saying i can't wait to go you know do these fun things at this yo pro ministry or transition in this and that way like there is so much excitement to come that you literally just don't know yet and that's okay um it's okay to be scared and to be excited i think that's my little piece of advice <laughs> is great thank you very much isaiah um karen if you want to try now go for it i'll let you i'll get you on here asap seems like you're still coming in and out of the session though uh there is a there is something from ariella would ariella like to jump on here and ask a question Okay. Hi. Can you hear me? Yep. Hi. Okay. So my question is about, so Tots knows this, but when I came into campus, one of my largest fears was reaching out. I mean, like it literally took me a year and a half to finally feel an inkling more of feeling comfortable talking to people. And so I feel like I finally found my groove in like how to talk to people on campus, like students. Like I know where I want to go to talk, like reach out. But like my worry is that like in, you know, like once I leave the campus, I'm not going to be able to go to like my campus buildings and just like, oh, I'm going to reach out to students now. And like, 
that's a really scary thing for me. Like now reaching out to people, like how Tots reaches out to people at her jobs or like even reaching to people out like at, at Walmart or something. So like, how is that transition for you guys? And like, what are some like, I guess tips to kind of like get started on transitioning our reaching out process? Questions. Who would like to tackle that, Daniel? Yeah, I can share a little bit. I think for me, one of the most difficult things is I've only ever met two of my coworkers in person um, that, like, that like I didn't already know. Uh, and that was like the very first day that I was there, like getting my computer. And, and since then, I've been like totally virtual. Uh, and so having conversations like, uh, oh, here's what I'm doing this weekend. Like, oh, I've got this campus retreat coming up. Um, I, I've got, uh, you know, a, a Bible study tonight, like Tots was sharing, or I'm going to midweek tonight, or, or leveraging whatever conversations you can have uh, and sprinkling it in there. Like, uh, it's not something that you uh, are going to be like, you get to day one on your job and you're like reaching out cold contact with everyone. Like it's, it's more of a relationship building thing. And so I think leveraging relationships uh, and, and utilizing maybe past relationships with people from high school or college that you knew uh, and who are maybe transitioning again into like, Oh wow, life is more than just getting a degree. What do I do? And, and so people are still looking for a purpose. People are still looking for uh, meaning in their life. And so leveraging those relationships, even if it's not, strictly cold contact at the union, uh, I think is like Ronnie, Tots, you have any thoughts on that? Evangelism? Nope, you good? Uh, right. Um, oh, look, I'm going to read, I'm going to read Karin's. The connection is sketchy in the car there. I feel like some people, especially me, Kind of think that they'll stay on campus longer than they actually do or cheat code their way into staying by taking classes slowly or helping out in campus ministry. And sometimes we don't realize we're doing this and avoiding this transition into the next step. How do we practically avoid this mindset of being eternally stuck in the campus ministry and shift in a correct way? Who would like, who would like to tackle that one? <laughs> that is real. <laughs> Everyone's like, Ugh, I don't know if I want that one. And I had let, let let me add let me add to that a little bit. Um, do you feel like there? I, I I noticed a common thread about campus people's impression of the singles ministry, and I think all of us would agree that there's a stigma there, um, whether it's based in in reality or not. And some and sometimes it it may be. But um, what, what do you think we need to, what do you think is the solution to really uh, breaking down that stigma so that campus are excited to go to the singles? They look forward to it. They feel like they're, they're welcome there. People are waiting for them with open arms and they're not just getting kicked out of their favorite ministry that they've only known. Stephen wants it. Go for it, Stephen. Yeah, this, it certainly was a thought in my mind when I was going from campus to Yo Bros. I'm just like, wow, I'm, I'm leaving campus, going to the boring old people ministry where nothing fun happens and people just kind of like show up to church and that's it. 
And honestly, it was pretty far from the truth, especially in this ministry that I'm at, though it might not be far from the truth for the ministries you guys are at. Um, and so I would say the biggest way to change that stigma, one, is just to be the agent of change. If you want something to happen in your ministry, start it. You be a self-starter. You step up and do whatever it is. If you want to meet more regularly, if you want to have prayer times more regularly, if you want to have a Friday night session, Tuesday night, whatever it is, whatever you want from it, do that. If you want to have random camping trips in the woods, two guys decided, hey, we want to have a God party. We don't even really know what it's going to be, but we're going to go camping, and we're just going to celebrate being spiritual in God and loving God and fellowship with each other. And it's just simple things like that that completely changed my ideas of what GoPro and all of the life was like. So if you want something out of GoPro Singles Ministry, do that. You're the one who can change it. You're a part of the ministry. You decide where it goes. It's awesome, Stephen. Thank you. Sisters, you want to, you have anything to add to that? to Karen's question I think there's there's like a difference in you know yeah like reasons why we stay in the campus ministry maybe for longer than you should so I guess like typically to Karen I think it would just be helpful like to transition out in a good way or to make the shift and the transition when you're supposed to I think you got to talk to people in your life and figure out like um, those things with them like what an extra year ministry and what is just me being scared of like trying to go to the singles ministry um and so like whether and what's actually like I'm, i want to serve for a little bit longer but but yeah i feel like some of that stuff is only discerned by people who are in your life more deeply that is awesome thank you ronnie uh we have a question from joshua Joshua Z, you want to hit the share button and I'll let you in. Here we go. Joshua Z is coming up soon. Hi, can you guys hear me? Yep. Uh, so my name is Joshua. I am in my last semester and I'm currently looking for jobs. Uh, right now, I just want to find somewhere in the Midwest. Um, right now, in my mind, I feel like as long as I choose a location with the church, it should be fine. Like there'll be people there I can form new relationships with. There'll be some discipler there that I can be discipled by. Are there any other factors I can sh should consider? That's a great question, Joshua. Who wants who wants to help help him out? I can chime in. Uh, I think what you're talking about is is common. Every person who graduates goes through some sort of Okay, where am I going to go next? Uh, I think for me, I, I knew I wasn't going to stay in Champaign. I knew I had those relationships, uh, but it was, it was kind of like, where am I looking to go next? Uh, and, and some of the things to consider are kind of like what Stephen was talking about, like, what is the YoPro ministry like there? Uh, do I have relationships already built or am I going in as a total stranger? I, I think having one relationship is better than having no relationships. Uh, and so obviously, like, if you can only get a job in one place, then maybe God's leading you there for a reason. Uh, but if you have options, uh, 
Consider other things like, uh, do I already have some relationships there? Uh, is this going to be a place where I can uh, be spiritually fed? Because uh, what Stephen's talking about is, is critical. Like you're taking initiative, you're doing things, but if it's a place where you're going to get burnt out uh, and where you're not also going to get fed, I'd say that's something to be wary of. Uh, so uh, if you have choices, I think considering things like, where am I going to get fed? Where am I going to have relationships? Um, but if you don't have a choice, then, hey, God's uh, closing doors and opening other ones. So, uh, Then how would you say I should evaluate those things? Like, I'm planning to get a job by January, hopefully, and I'm not going to have time to just go visit and see, like, oh, how are you guys doing? Can you guys feed me well uh, to every, like, every place? So how would I evaluate that then? Astro, do you, do you already have like a feel about having offers in, in multiple cities? Uh, I'm applying to multiple places, but I haven't heard any back uh, yet. Gotcha. Well, bro, from, from a church leader standpoint, can I just say that, um, you know, there I've seen people move into a, into a city and we don't, we don't see them for like months. And, uh, and so I would always recommend that you reach out and like what Daniel was saying, like start making connections earlier, like even everywhere that you think you're going to apply, just shoot an email to the church leader there and be like, Hey, I'm, you're on my list. And I just want to give you a heads up. Um, just so just to not to give, um, double a, a foot, uh, a foothold in your heart that you could easily move to that city and prioritize church down at the bottom for, for a while. Um, but uh, reach out, make, make connections, even if they're just cursory email connections or text message connections. Um, I would also, you should, you should be aware of what your heart is towards like big church versus small church culture. And if you need a church that has lots of resources uh, to feel taken care of, um, then, then you need you need a bigger church, whereas a smaller church needs you to come and do some work. <laughs> and um, and so if that's not what you're ready to commit to, um, you know you need to be honest with that. Um, and so there's a lot there's a lot there, but uh, I would even something that's super worldly. I'm just going to be honest. Another thing to consider is is literally just cost of living. Like if you get a job in you get a job in LA versus a job in Des Moines, you, you need to make three times as much. <laughs> and so, like, are you going to be helpful to the church? Are you going to be stressed out because uh, you're, you're grinding at, at, at your job uh, because the cost of living is just so high? Uh, so, things to think in mind. Things to keep in mind. Okay, thank you. You rock, man. All right. Yeah, Des Moines is a Des Moines is a great place to live. <laughs> um, so is Grand Rapids, Michigan. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know that. Uh, so let's see. There was another one, Andy. I'll let you. I'll let you in if you don't uh, gush all over, Daniel. Here we go. Man, I'm nervous. <laughs> Can you guys hear me? Yep. Okay. So, so a question I had is: I've always been terrible at like keeping connections with people that aren't in my physical area. And so something I'm concerned about, like after graduation is if I move or like 
yeah, pretty much if I move, that it's going to be difficult for me to like stay in contact with the people and friends that I've made here. Um, I guess what are some practicals and things that you would say to get better at that? Andy, that's a great that's a great question. Uh, guys, t think about that. Even add into that just the idea of the relocation. Moving after school is a big deal. Uh, new city, new friends, new church. So, uh, but but Andy's point about leaving people—that's a big one. What do you guys have to say about that? Yeah, my heart goes out to Andy. That's um, that's a very real place to be. Uh, I have personal experience with that. So getting the job here in Lansing as a campus minister, right as COVID hit, I wasn't able to say goodbye to my campus. Similarly, I mean, to all of us, right? But Daniel was just saying that too. He didn't spend his last semester in campus. Um, but I think what we've realized in COVID is that it doesn't take us having to be physically together for us to not be connected. Right there's phone calls, there's FaceTime, there's um, emails, there's text messages, and and no, that's not the whole like, hey, we're gonna spend like six hours together and like be goofs and yada yada yada. But I'm honestly gonna take from another question that we had is like being really intentional. Like if these relationships matter to you, you will make the time. Just as like your relationship with God, you make the time to have your quiet time. It's pretty similar to that to that um and honestly like telling those people too like hey uh i really want to keep my friendship with you and being very bold and honest like i want to get time with you like monthly i think weekly is you know that's something you reserve for like your mom or your dad but like monthly keeps that friendship going um but that's a really that's a super real place Thanks, Thoughts? Awesome. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. Ooh, Lauren Kwong. Jump in here, Lauren. You just have to hit the share. All right. I am hitting the plus button. Here comes Lauren Kwong. Hello. 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 <laughs> Awesome. Um, yeah, so I think someone had mentioned grad school and I was like, oh, I have a question about grad school. Um, so I'm, I'm not thinking about going into it um, right away, but I am looking into going in the next few years, um, like two or three years. So for someone who's going to grad school a little bit later on, um, I think I'm caught between, should I go back to the campus ministry? Should I go and transition to the singles ministry? Um, I'm currently not in a single ministry as well, so I, I've I've been helping our campus group out for a while. Um, so I feel a little bit stuck as to where my transition is if I if I go back to school. Um, what would you guys recommend? Would be, uh, yeah, just any tips you have about that transition. Awesome, Lauren. Thank you, and it's good to see you. Uh, uh, did did any of you guys do grad school? Do you have any grad school thoughts? No, not yet. I'm similar to Lauren. I have not yet gone. But maybe one day. Got you. Thoughts? You have thoughts? Yeah. In my so with the campus that I'm at right now, 
um, what we're doing is that when you do graduate from your undergrad, we do ask that you move on to the singles ministry. Um, one is like a more like a maturity thing. I mean, Lauren, it sounds like you've been helping out with the campus and that's really awesome. And so building up those men and well, women, but building up the women and helping out that ministry, helping like train them in how to build up the ministry is something that uh, it sounds like that you're doing. Um, and not to say that you're going to like ditch them, that you're never going to study the Bible with them, but being able to say there is an end time to my time in campus and going back. I mean, I got baptized when I was 23 in campus and I was already older than the average campus student. So if I were to go back as a 26 year old now, granted, that's not the age that you are. But even to go back after you've done your undergrad, I mean, that's just a different life stage than where you're at. Grad school is a different beast in general. One of my right. great friends, Kelsey, is in grad school, and she's like, it's so different. It's not even the same thing. Um, mm -hmm. So understanding that your life in grad school is completely different. And so mm -hmm. YoPros does tend to fit that um, ministry. Mm -hmm. or, yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Scott. Uh, I was just going to add a little bit. I didn't go to grad school, but. Um, I think an important thing to think about is like that every church is, is, is a little different. Like in Ann Arbor, we had, um, some PhD students that were integral to our campus, but we, we used them like more as helpers and, and leaders. Um, and then in some, in some places they're like, nope, we, once you graduate, you're in you're not in campus anymore and so i think the individual church culture might determine that but also um you know where you go like like jen she did her master's at ball state totally online like at all and you can do a lot more of that so you could stay where you are and uh and do grad school separately so those are things to think to think about Lauren, you're awesome. We love you. Thank you, guys. Love you, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Uh, uh, Dylan, you want to jump on here, Dylan? I see you, and I accept you. Is it going to work? You guys hear me yet? Yeah. Okay. For some reason, my camera doesn't want to work, but uh, amen. Oh. Is it going to work now? Amen. That's okay. You don't need to see me. Um, I am someone who definitely puts... Oh, Tots is laughing. I don't know if you guys can hear me okay. Awesome. Uh, I'm definitely someone who takes on more responsibility than is healthy. Um, also, I struggle in some areas with my mental health. And so the that aside, my question I wanted to ask is, what are some practical ways to build up your own confidence so that you don't set yourself up to have improper expectations in that transition. Um, like just some practical practicals in growing in confidence in yourself. Um, that way the transition is healthier um, for me because I'm definitely in a, in a spot where I feel as though I'm taking on too much, like I'm setting too high expectations for myself and I'm just looking how can I practically do that better. Great. Thank you, Dylan. All right. Who would like to help him out? Um, well, those are amazing. I mean, I think 
Oh, Ronnie, are you going to say something? Sure, I really, I feel like I'm taking over this panel, y'all. Please, please speak up. Go for it, girl. Yeah, Dylan, have you ever thought about studying out um, how, uh, like the, not the names or the characteristics, but like, um, oh, what is the word? I keep forgetting. But like how God describes you, like a holy priesthood, you are people that are the light. Like, have you ever done one of those studies? Uh, not extensively. Yeah, kind of like character studies. So immediately as you as you were talking about like mental health things that you struggle with, finding confidence, I totally get that. Uh, I think a lot of us do. Um, and I think finding, oh, Jill, thank you, topical study. Um, it's just, it's finding your confidence in God because we as humans, I mean, we're so weak and we're so tiny. Um, even AT's lesson, right? Like we're just like this little tiny dot in the majesty and the glory of God. Um, and so summer or um, having a topical study of like, who does God call me to be? I think is something helpful that has been helpful for me. Awesome. We, we, we were asked if someone could summarize the question. Dylan, your question was primarily about our confidence. Yeah. How do you build your confidence, especially uh, if you're, you struggle with anxiety or any sort of mental health issues? And, uh, yeah. It's super wise. Oh, thank you, Dylan. We appreciate no, you, thank man. Thank you, guys. Love you, Daniel. And Todd's Ronnie's right. Great. Oh, I'm sorry. I totally kicked him out. Uh, Elliot, Elliot, you want to jump in here, man? Here we go, Elliot. I see you. Anyhow, what up, y'all? Dude, so I don't—I know all y'all. Hi. Um, but I was wondering because I guess in, in my brain, like there was always like um, just like the sort of sense of like people who like transition out. That there's some reason why they're leaving, mainly because they need jobs, mainly because they need to live. But like in that growth process, what has been I guess for each of you, like one of the top things that you keep on your heart every day as a Yopro, just to stay sane. Cause I feel like the transition, even like years after would still be like pretty radical. You're just like, dang, I'm still not hanging out with my friends all the time. Dang, I'm still not like doing this, that, and the third. And I have work and there's a bunch of stuff that's falling on top of me. Like, what would be, I guess, the one thing that's keeping you guys going or one thing that keeps you guys, like, hanging on, like, that like that sort of rule that you just keep in your back pocket, if that makes any sense? Yeah, Steven. Yeah, I think one thing for me that really is a driving force of just how I live my life and I keep as a reminder always is that wherever I am, whatever I'm doing, I'm there to glorify God. So even in times when it's like, oh, this isn't spiritual, I'm just at work, I'm just doing whatever it is, I'm there to glorify God. When I'm around my coworkers, when I'm performing work, whenever I'm doing anything, it's to be a light to the world and to glorify God. And so just remembering that it keeps me focused on what is above and it gives me confidence in myself because it's not in myself, it's from God. And just being assured in wherever I'm at, whatever I'm doing, I'm not alone. I'm not 
abandoned. I'm with God. I'm here to work for him and glorify him. Yeah, I'll, I'll write on uh, with what Stephen's saying there. I think uh, just to, to build off of that, like the mission is still the same. Like, like we're still trying to make disciples. We're still trying to get to heaven ourselves. Um, and so I'd say uh, the, the mission, the goal, the heart doesn't really change. It's just the, the specifics, the actions that change. Uh, and that'll come, like there's transition to that. Like it happens for everybody. But uh, keeping your heart and mind set on, on the mission, like I'm going to heaven and I'm going to try and bring as many people with me as possible. Like if that's your mentality, like it's not going to matter that you're not meeting with the body every day to you know hang out or whatever like uh, you're still going to be kingdom focused you're going to have that eternal mindset uh, and so i'd say that's the thing that keeps me going is just man i can't wait to get to heaven i feel that awesome. thank you elliot yeah no problem all right what about Lindsay? Lindsay like to jump in here click share Lindsay Simpson. Here you go. Hello. Hi, Lindsay. My question is, well, currently for me, I'm uh, in my senior year of college, and I am really looking into school, but uh, the positions I'm looking for um, are like employment for grad school, so I don't have to pay for it. That'd be great. But a lot of those decisions need to be made within the or even late this semester and I'm really kind of struggling how to make spiritual decisions quickly and thoroughly look through those um so yeah I don't know if that really made any sense but if you guys could kind of just help me <laughs> that is great uh Tots Ronnie or Daniel please please jump in here and think about this even adding to that like as you transition out of campus into full adulthood, like you do have to steer your own life a lot more and you don't have a counselor who's telling you what classes to take and, um, and yet we don't want to be hasty. So we need to make decisions. We need to make them timely without being hasty. Like how, do, how do, have you guys learned to do that? Um, yeah, that's, that's a super, super real question. Um, and I felt really similarly, actually, as I was like approaching graduation and in all these interviews and like, I didn't do grad school, but um, trying to figure out like, man, where does God want me? Where am I gonna be most successful? And um, I think personally, I can kind of get in a mindset where I feel like every decision I make feels like if I make the wrong decision, it's the end of the world. Um, and, and I can really like, hype myself up uh, about that kind of stuff but um, I think what's been helpful for me is to this is maybe like a duh thing but I think pray a ton like I, I would pray uh, really even like specific prayers and, and sometimes um, I feel like I've prayed specific prayers and sometimes God doesn't answer or it's kind of like a man this could be an answer to this or it could not but I think in when I pray specific prayers I, I think what always happens is that like my heart is revealed in like where I feel like God is calling me, even if it's not exactly what I prayed for, even if it's something a little different, I do feel like praying specific prayers helps you kind of even like take stock of where your own heart is at and where, where you feel like God is pulling you um, in one way or another. But 
yeah, I feel like specific prayers and, and taking time to like pray. And then I do think there are times in life where you make, as long as it's not like a crazy bad decision, right? Like sometimes you make decisions and you go in faith behind them and trust that God's going to work through it. Um, don't make bad decisions, obviously, or don't, you know, go somewhere where there's not a church or, or anything that's going to be detrimental to your spiritual health. But um, I do feel like there are times where you make decisions and you trust God and trust that, like, you know, even if it's the quote unquote wrong decision, if you go in faith, God's going to bless it. Daniel thoughts, you got any thoughts? No, I guess I can, I can share. Um, I think the thing for me that helped me to make decisions, because I was in a similar position like 12 months ago trying to plan out like, okay, I've got these job offers. Like, how do I choose the right one? I'm, I'm looking to still like help out with campus ministry. Like, what do I do? I think the thing that helped me the most um, is like filtering out the big stuff. So like putting it through a filter of, is this seeking first God's kingdom and his righteousness? Is this uh, me trying to glorify God in all I do? And like, those those are big checklists. And if you can check those, uh, then I think kind of like Ronnie was saying, like God will, will use you wherever you're at, if that's your mentality. Uh, and so for me, like God definitely closed doors throughout my time in college. Like I had my plans every summer, like literally for the last four years, I had my plan of exactly what I wanted to do. Josh can attest to this. I'm a planner. I plan everything. And God said, nope, 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 nope. Four summers in a row did not happen at all like I intended. Um, but if you go into it with the mentality of I'm going to glorify God in this, uh, I'm just going to try and seek him and his righteousness, uh, like it's going to work out and he's going to use you for that. Go for it, Todd. And to what Ronnie and Daniel were saying to you is like getting <laughs> Josh, getting advice about it, like getting advice from your leaders, from your discipler, from those that are in a similar position, maybe not even in the church that you're in, but connecting with um, your leaders who might know those people to get connected with them. Connections. I mean, the kingdom is so well connected. Somebody is in that same boat. Great. Uh, Lindsay, I would also add, um, I, I love what Daniel said. Hey guys, look, it's Kyle. <laughs> um, uh, here. Uh, you know, <laughs> as long, and Tots is in the other room. Um, as long as you are uh, putting first the kingdom of God, still Lord of your life, you're going to find yourself in all kinds of situations um, making all kinds of choices and God is, is there with you. And so I think it's easy. Sometimes it's easy to over spiritualize every single decision, like where God may just be like, you pick, like just pick and I'll, I'm, I'll still be there with you. Um, it's not like there's a, a right and a wrong answer all the time. Um, so that's where we utilize the Holy spirit and other people. We get advice. We really, um, we pray like Ronnie was saying, and then we just commit, we, we make a decision. And then while we're there, Jesus is still Lord of our life. So thank you, Lindsay. You are awesome. Have a great, have a great night. All right. I think we got time for one more guys. Want to jump on here? Stephanie, here you are coming up.
Hey guys, um, friends. Um, yeah, so I'm in my senior year of nursing school, which is very exciting. So I'm about to graduate in May. Um, so with nursing, like obviously there's a lot, like there's a wide range of like where to go. Um, I've been a part of Midpoint, which is a huge ministry my whole life. Um, but God's definitely put like a very strong desire to move to a small church um, and just help out a small church wherever that is. But I guess my question, I know, Ben, you kind of brought it up earlier, but just, I guess, adjusting to just different church culture and like, especially moving from such a huge church with so many resources, so many people to then just tips on how to, you know, be really present in a smaller church. So, yeah. That is an awesome question. Who's, who's got an answer for that? I think we're all in smallish churches, right? Sub Daniel. He's with me. <laughs> all right. Ronnie or Todd? Were you pointing at me? Were you saying I should go? Okay. Hi, Stephanie. Is that mountains in your background, like painted on your wall? Yes. <laughs> it so is, cool. yeah. That's so cool. Um, to reiterate, you, you were asking what how to like be super involved and go into a small church being super involved. Yeah. Just that, like tips for transitioning into that new culture. Yeah. I, I think, so I've been a part of, I guess they're all small churches, like pretty much no more than 300. I've never been a part of a church bigger than 300. Um, but I think something that the people told me when I was coming into I've been part of three different churches um, and and they just said, like, be open to the culture or like, don't, you know, like sometimes you move somewhere and there's that person or someone moves into your place and they always talk about like how it was in the other place that they were. They're like, oh, this is how we did it here and, and all that stuff. And, and that's natural. And I did that when I moved to St. Louis for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but but I think it's, it's cool just to be open to uh, what that culture is and, and how you can like give and serve and add to that culture. And it's okay that it, it doesn't have to look the exact same or like it doesn't have to operate the exact same as, uh, as what you were used to. I think be open and be like humble to like see uh, the way that they do things. And I think there definitely will be opportunities probably to, to add suggestions or to be like to help and, and bring outside perspective. Like that's so necessary, but um, yeah, to be open to just, that people do things differently and uh, to be finding ways to give and serve uh, in maybe ways that you're not used to. Yeah. Awesome. What about you, Todd? Yeah. I think, um, hi. I would just love it if you just moved to Michigan in general. <laughs> Whatever anybody else is saying in the comments, that's, that's just not it. You know, don't listen to Michigan. But, um, I love what Ronnie was saying too. Just like you're going to be pulled in so many different directions mm -hmm. in a small church. Honestly, <laughs> you're going to be known by a lot of different people well and quickly. I would say if you're very um, relational and connected easily. Mm -hmm. um, and I think knowing you as my friend, you do that very well. I'm nowhere near concerned for you to move to a smaller church. Cause I think, even in the campus that you guys have in Midpoint, you do do that very well. You are in everybody's life. You know the things that are going on in, with your women. And I think if you just apply that with a small church, it's pretty similar. <laughs> so, 
So I think you're going to do great in Michigan is the call. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I would totally agree with that. Um, yeah. we're about See, to, and I would just say um, when it comes to a small church uh, that, you know, your, your connections are going to be a lot more important um, mm-hmm. in, in your church and also your church with the, the churches near you. Like, for instance, today here in Michigan, we had four churches all come together um, right. for, for this. And uh, we need, uh, as churches, we need our people to know each other and care for each other. Um, yes, Lauren. Um, so we need people who are like are, are hungry for, for connection um, in a big church. You could you could go a long time with really only building relationships within your ministry and it's right. a lot more effort to build relationships outside of your ministry. Whereas in a small church, like gosh, you're you've got relationships across every ministry um all all at once. So um that that's what I would I would say is really important. Um in a small church growth is um it, it's it's like this fire that's always going it's it's not like this slow machine that kind of keeps cranking along it's like we really have to we really have to fight for for every person um so we do need people who will move to small churches and even if they've been around for a long time that they still feel like i'm on a mission field i'm on a church planting team that sort of thing um mm-hmm. so yeah, I appreciate I appreciate you, Stephanie. And Grand Rapids is a great place to move. So feel free. <laughs> Michigan. <laughs> yeah, thank you, guys. We're just down the street from Tots and Kyle. Right, thank you, thank you, Stephanie. I'm totally joking. This is not an ad for Grand Rapids, but uh, but you you asked me to moderate. So, hey, guys, it is nine sixteen. We need to uh, bail from here. So. If you know Tots, Ronnie, or, or Daniel, or Steven, and you want to ask them more questions, uh, reach out to them through their channels, and uh, we can make it happen. I, um, uh, Daniel, would you want to would you want to pray for us before we, we get off the call, and then we'll just uh, close it on down. Absolutely. Thanks, bro. All right, everyone, let's pray. Uh, dear Lord in heaven, uh, you are so good to us. You've richly provided us with an awesome opportunity this weekend. Uh, to connect with brothers and sisters across the Midwest and the heartland and Canada, God. Uh, and you've given us some some incredible speakers this weekend, God. Uh, and even though there's been technical difficulties, God, we've been able to persevere through them uh, and grow a ton spiritually. I pray that the principles that we've learned from these lessons, God, we can, we can take and form into our discipleship, uh, form into conviction that we can carry with us for the rest of our lives. Uh, God, I pray for everyone who's in this uh, discussion right now, God, that uh, people who are transitioning out of college can transition super well. God, it's a time uh, where a lot of people struggle. It's a time where a lot of people have worries and doubts and fears uh, and, and so many other things that are just weighing on them, God. And so I pray for everyone uh, who's here tonight, God, that you can just bless them uh, with a tremendous amount of hope and perseverance. Uh, and God, just for your spirit to be poured out on them, uh, that they can continue to do amazing things in your name, God, even after they leave campus. Um, God, because it's an awesome opportunity uh, to glorify you and to seek you first in all that we do, God, uh, I pray that each one of us can continue to do that for the rest of our lives, 
uh, until we get to see you in heaven uh, all together once again. God, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you, everyone. That was a blast. Um, love you guys. You guys rock. You guys Oh, Thanks for coming. <sighs> All you youngsters. <laughs> All right. I think Hopin redeemed itself on this. This was good. This was actually yeah, great. I really this was great. I like the format. Yeah. Thank you to everybody that asked a question and jumped in here. Yeah. All right. We're going to call it quits. Thank See you, guys. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. -bye. Thank <laughs> you.